This is Eve Silver with Congress on Demand, and welcome to the podcast. In this podcast, we're going to bring you the audio from some of the videos you will find at congressondemand.us, and we're going to bring it to you through users of this new platform. They will choose which clips we hear in an episode, and each episode will have a different guest host our experience with congressondemand.us. Uh, today I have Susan Wilcox from Brooklyn, New York. Hi, Susan. Hi, Eve. I'm glad to be here with you. So we're going to test out Congress on Demand and see what it's like to be a user. You are going to be a user of Congress on Demand. And so what we have there right now is we've been tracking the seven candidates for president who were also members of Congress. And since we couldn't do the whole Congress, we selected them. Before we get started, I'm just curious to know, how would you describe your relationship to Congress and or how you think Congress relates to us? Well, um, I think for, you know, I would say like 10 years ago, I was just so fed up with Congress and really decided that change was not going to happen through those channels and um, really devoted more time to a world of activism. Um, but then after the um, after Donald Trump came to the presidency, it was, it was clear that we needed to do both. We needed the activism to create political will for our politicians, and we needed to get politicians who were not... Um, just employed by big money in in Congress. So my, I would say right now I'm pretty much devoted to the highest quality candidates we can get in Congress right now. So who have you selected for us to hear from today? So I selected Cory Booker. And uh, we have a bunch of floor and committee appearances by him. Are you sharing a floor appearance? Yes, a floor appearance. And tell us about it, what you know about it just at a glance. Tell us the date or how it's titled. So the date is June 18th of this year. June 18th, uh, the Equality Act. The Equality Act. So we're going to listen to that now. It is seven minutes and 58 seconds long. And if at any point you're done listening to it, you can let us know and we'll stop it. And looking forward to hearing your responses either during it or after it. Okay? Okay. Senator from New Jersey. Thank you, Mr. President, for recognition. I want to thank my colleagues that are here uh, and for all the work that's been done, not just here in the Senate, but also in the House of Representatives around the Equality Act. I want to make this... uh, very clear, we, we at this body, you look at history, you, you see that the fundamental equality of all Americans has been denied in so many generations. Women who fought for equality under the law, the right to vote, African Americans who fought for equality under the law, we have seen from our founding are struggling to make real on the promise of this nation, this promise of an ideal that we are all equal under the law. Our founders, these imperfect geniuses, enshrined these ideals. This nation was not founded in perfection, but in aspiration. 
The very founders themselves referred to Native Americans as savages. It talked about women not being equal citizens. It, it, it denied African Americans full and equal citizenship. Yet these aspirational documents were so profound that every generation of Americans has called to our founding ideals to overcome the inequality that was inherent in our country. Susan B. Anthony calling to the founding documents for her equality and the equality of women. Martin Luther King on the mall calling to that check promissory note, calling that it was time. And here we are in the year 2020, still calling for the full equality of all American citizens when it comes to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender Americans. And I think back to my own family, grandparents and great-grandmother, who would talk about the excuses that were used to deny them equality. There were religious excuses. I'm a big believer in religious freedom. But people sought to deny blacks and whites from marrying. In fact, when Loving Me Virginia passed, the majority of Americans were still against interracial marriage in this country. But somehow, people who were using religion to shield from the fundamental ideals, from establishing the fundamental ideals of this country, we overcame that. These types of reasons were given for the dehumanizing treatment to Native Americans. These kind of excuses were used to justify the segregation of African Americans. But every generation we fought and we struggled and we came together in multiracial, multiethnic, diverse coalitions to overcome. This week I was so grateful to see the decision of the Supreme Court, but I was of mixed feelings about it. Why would it take an action of the Supreme Court to justify what already is, equal humanity, equal dignity? Why would it take so long for a country to say, in this nation, the majority of states cannot discriminate you against you, cannot be fired just because of who you are? I hear the echoes of my own ancestry growing up in a country where children see clearly before them being told and enshrined in laws that are bigoted and biased that you are not an equal citizen, even though when we stand up in our grade schools, we have to say those words, liberty and justice for all. What does it mean to a child that is denied those things? I see us in a country now where we're raising children who are in danger. LGBTQ kids are almost five times as likely as their straight peers to attempt suicide. LGBTQ kids, about 30% admit missing school because of fear for their safety in America in 2020. Black trans women dying at unacceptable, unconscionable rates. I say dying, being murdered. 15 transgender or gender non-conforming people have been murdered. And last week alone, two transgender black women were killed. Dominique Fells, 
and Raya Milton. We have work to do in this country to establish the fundamental ideals that have been said from the founding of this country that we will all be equal under the law. The fundamental ideals from the founding of this country that we are a nation of liberty and justice for all. And see, here we are at the crossroads of history, forcing our fellow Americans to come and ask for what is fundamentally theirs already, equal dignity, equal rights. This equality law is too, the Equality Act is too late already. It's too late to do what was foreordained by the very founding of this nation. We are too late already to save the lives of children who've been forced to live in a nation that doesn't recognize their equal dignity. We're too late already to protect the shame of people who've been fired just because they're gay, who have been denied accommodations just because they're gay. The humiliation that I dare say so many in this body know from their families' stories. And so we come here to the floor today to ask for what is overdue, to ask for us to establish in law what is true in the spirit of this nation, to echo the words of our ancestors, great suffragettes, great civil rights leaders, great Native Americans who've all come to this capital to say this is who we are, equal citizens under the law. And so to my colleagues who are with me today, I tell you that no matter what happens with this unanimous consent, justice will come to this country. No matter what person stands against this Equality Act, they stand on the wrong side of history. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Well, it never bends automatically. We need some arc benders. For too many people in this country, justice delayed is justice denied. And so we will not give up. We will not yield. We will not equivocate. We will not retreat. This will become the law of the land. We have made some steps in the right, right direction of justice, but we are still in the foothills. We have a mountain to climb, but I know we will make it to the mountaintop. I know that this nation will fulfill its promise to its, all of its people and indeed become the promised land. Thank you. I yield the floor. The Senator from Oregon. Okay. Yes. What'd you think of that, Susan? What are your impressions? You were able to watch him at the same time. Yeah. Um, it was a, you know, very impassioned and um, uh, well, what do I want to say, well-prepared um, speech um, covering history and drawing into our found, a foundational, as a, equality as a foundational premise. And, um, and even in just watching it, you know, it made me, it made me think of, Thinking of equality as just, um, you know, the common value. Um, and he spoke a lot about, like, because I'm really more interested in how um, our politics are led by, you know, where we are on 
know, when he draws us to the philosophy and to the um, um, the responses, even just to like say that you know the words that we we ask all the children to say in school and um, to recite and memorize, and how that um, how does that how is, how, how is that integrated in all of us? And because we witness so much inequality, you know, we have not, clearly we've not spent enough time on this, on actually integrating what that means. And how important it is, is it, do you think, for people to be able to witness uh, this speech on the floor or the floor in general? I mean, uh, you know, clearly you could search out these videos to find them if you want to do all that work. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot that's happening in Congress that gets lost to us. So um, I was not aware, actually I was not aware that the Equality Act was something even being discussed in June. So even to just, you know, I would say even to just look at the titles of the videos showed a lot about what was happening in Congress in that, you know, very glimpsed way. And then, you know, I saw the Equality Act, and then I was interested in hearing more about that. And he gave a little context. I think the reason he spoke on it was because there was a Supreme Court decision that had just occurred. So I think he was drawn to the floor to um, celebrate that decision, but also express his concern that colleagues of his were against it. Uh And we forgot that, I guess, over time, that that had been in the news in June. Yes, well, uh, I can barely remember what was the major story left. There's a lot going on. And as far as but your... rep, that's yeah. part of it, right? I yeah. mean, like, that's part of, like, right now that, like, the news cycle related to politics is so fast. We have no time to integrate what it is that they're actually, you know, what are the substantive issues that they're working on. And, and this is clearly, my impression is that Senator Booker prepared the speech and would be proud of this performance, and yet, as we've already discussed, most of us never saw it. Right. And, you know, it's basically in the record, and it, it didn't change anything, but um, it might change a constituent's view of him had they op- an opportunity to see it or affect um. it. Well, it's hard to it's hard to say, but um, I think that like the opportunity to in a very you know in this very easy way, especially if a congressperson is speaking on you know a topic of interest to how I felt about them. You know, or if I just didn't know much about them at all. Right. If you had never had a chance to see them on the job, rather just the campaign trail, but not in service. Right. And I think also it's a way of engaging with your with your congressperson in the sense 
Because you've been um, able to witness it in the first place. Yeah. And witnessing is pretty important to you, isn't that right? Yes. Do you want to talk yes. a, a little bit about your idea of the word witness? just watch them when it comes to Congress. to be able to see who is representing them and what they are doing with that time on the floor in legislation. Great. Thank you, Susan, for your support of this project and your interest in participating in this experimental moment for it. You're more than welcome. This has been very exciting. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. You can go to congressondemand.us to see more from this project and learn more about this project. Congress On Demand is a tool of civic engagement conceived to better empower an accountable public in the actions of this democracy. Thank you for listening. Check out the site.